Good evening. There we go. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Lovely to see you. Um, my name's Amy, if you haven't met me before. Um, it is an absolute joy and a privilege to be here tonight to share with you. Um, <clears throat> this might be possibly my favourite service of the year. I just, I love the kind of the flickering lights and the candles. I love the chance to sort of come and and, and sort of experience all of this in the midst of all the busyness and the stress and the, all the things that are going on. So I'm very, very grateful to be here. <clears throat> it's a real privilege um, to share tonight. And we have this opportunity together to explore these fantastic, very famous passages of the Bible together. And perhaps they're really, really familiar to you. Perhaps you've already heard them five or six times this year alone. Perhaps they're really new to you and some of the words you've heard tonight have been for the first time. Either way, my hope and my prayer is that as we share together tonight, there'd be something fresh for you to receive. Something fresh that the Lord has for us that I believe he wants to share with us this evening. I'm going to focus primarily on the incredible opening words of John's gospel that we heard read to us earlier. I absolutely love these words at the beginning of John's gospel. I actually really love, I love how each of the four gospels starts in a very different way. And um, they kind of, they, almost like they completely give away their emphasis in their opening chapters. And um, the four gospel writers, each of them was sort of, um, they're all trying to do the same thing. They're all trying to share the story of Jesus, but they each have like a different kind of heart and a different emphasis of what they're trying to do. And they, they give it away completely in their opening chapters. They give it away because it's like they're desperate to share this incredible story of Jesus. And we heard from three of them tonight. We heard from Matthew and Luke and John. We didn't hear from Mark. That's unsurprising because that, that gospel starts when Jesus is an adult and it's like kind of wham, bam, action pack, let's go. And it starts at that point. Matthew's emphasis is to tell the Jews that this is the one you've been waiting for. This Jesus is the one you have been waiting for. And you get, and some of the, the verses we heard tonight from Matthew's gospel, it really emphasizes the, the Jewish heritage of Jesus and the fact that he is here to fulfill all of those prophecies that you've been hearing about for hundreds of years. He's the one you've been waiting for. Um, Luke kind of wants to, wants everybody to know it's not just for the Jews Luke is for for kind of for everybody and again this is where we we hear these wonderful um, narrative story of, of Mary finding out what's going on and and then the shepherds you know it's it's about kind of this is for everyone this is for the shepherds on the hillside this is this is for the teenage girl this story and this Jesus is for everyone for all time for all people this Jesus is for you so those are those first three, and then there's John, John's gospel that we heard read to us. Um, John wants to do all of that, and he wants to do even more. John, John wants us to, he wants us to really grasp the fundamental significance of what is going on here. And John chapter one is an extraordinary passage and an extraordinary words that, that kind of we sort of we sort of go, Whoa, actually if we start to look at these words, you know, Mark starts with an adult Jesus and Matthew kind of goes, kind of chases Jesus's heritage back to, to Abraham, who was really important in the Jewish faith. And Luke traces Jesus's heritage back all the way to Adam and Eve, to the first people, to sort of say this is all for all of humanity and then John kind of just side sideswipes them all and he goes I'm gonna go right back to the very beginning and this is what he says at the start of John's gospel in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was with God in the beginning 
in the beginning, in the beginning. Those words might sound a little bit familiar to you. Maybe we've heard those words before. Maybe the sort of like, that sounds like I've, I maybe have heard those before. John goes all the way back, right back to the very beginning, before even time began. He sets Jesus in the context of all eternity, all the way back to Genesis, the very beginning, the first book, the first words of the whole Bible, it starts the same way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And this is how the whole Bible begins. And John is like this echo of this this profound opening where it says these first four words, In the beginning, God. This is like one of the most profound truths we will ever hear. In the beginning, God. Before anything else, before time and space even existed, there was God. Always has been, always will be. Before even the first moment was a moment, there was God. In the beginning was God and everything starts with him. And it was all with God in the beginning. And even in this, in this moment, in this beginning of God, God, this word used here, is a, it's, a, it's a bit complicated, but, but basically this word is a plural word. It's not singular, it's plural. And, it, and even in the very, very beginning, God is, is fullness of all of who he is. And we hear later that the spirit of God is hovering and we hear from these words in John that Jesus is there too. And all of God is there in these moments. And the next word that comes in is really important as well. In the beginning, God created. God created. One of the first things we learn about God is his creation power. We discover that he is a creator. And this word is so powerful because if you think about it, what what it's saying is in the beginning, God created and all we see and all we know now exists because God created. All the land and the sea and the animals and the birds and the stars and the planets millions and millions and millions of galaxies and I don't I'm not a scientist I don't know all the detail but but all of this all of this exists because God created because God created and um, I love I love looking at the words in the Bible I love finding out what they really mean what did they mean when they were originally written in the original language which was Hebrew in this in um, in Genesis and um, and this word created is a Hebrew word it's one I can pronounce thank goodness for that and it's the word is bara bara and this is a word that's only ever assigned to God it's not assigned to anyone else because this word it specifically means it was created from nothing it was created from nothing. And um, although, you know, as human beings, we can, we can create stuff. We can form and fashion. Um, we're made in God's image. We can, we, can, we can be creative too. But only God can create from nothing. Only God can create from nothing. And that's the picture we have at the very, very beginning, is this picture of absolute desolation. It says that the world, that the kind of the earth was formless and and empty, a void of nothingness. And again, if you look at those words, it's it's saying there's, you know, it's it's just nothing, it's futility, it's waste, it's and it's it's kind of more than that. It's it's chaos and it's confusion and it's devastation. And and you hear kind of this this talks about the dark, deep waters. And and yet, 
And yet, in this darkness, in this desolation, in this kind of empty, meaningless wasteland, there's potential. And it says the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, kind of watching, waiting, and hovering. And then we get this glorious verse, Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Another four simple words, and there was light. What an amazing phrase. God literally speaks light into existence, calling forth the sun and and kind of counting out the stars. He's calling light into existence. And the first thing that God creates, the first thing he makes for this world in which we're going to dwell is light. The first thing he does, the kind of primary gift he offers is light. And what a gift, because this gift ultimately goes on and it changes everything. It changes everything. And and this is kind of who God is. This is what he's doing as he creates. This is, this is what he does. He kind of pulls kind of creation out of chaos and, and, and kind of worth from waste. And he, he takes from the depths of darkness and desolation, he creates light from nothing. And then throughout the whole of the Old Testament part of the Bible, all of the stuff that happens before Jesus, we see a little glimpses all the way through of how this transformative and restorative light is at work and, and how this kind of God's light of, of love and hope and peace kind of breaks into dismal and desperate situations all the way through and you kind of get these little kind of glimmers and shimmers of possibility all the way through, all the way through. And in the midst of that, we we have a promise, which is one of the verses we heard read. The first one we heard this evening, which was very beautifully read, um, was this from, from Isaiah chapter 9. And this promise comes in the middle of all of this, and it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And this is a prophecy. It's speaking about what's to come. It's talking about kind of making that promise of this great light. And so all of this stuff, all of this history, all of this context, the weight of all of this that has gone before, those little glimpses of God's light along the way and this promise of the great light that is to come, going all the way back to Genesis, through all of this, we can then read those words from the beginning of John's Gospel. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The great light, the true light, the the light of the world, the source of all creation, the light that cannot be overcome is coming into the world. And what's kind of incredible and utterly ridiculous and beyond comprehension is that this is God. This is God who made the stars. This is God, creator God, who has always been before the moments were moments, before time and space began, coming into the world, coming into the world as a helpless, tiny baby, You know, God himself, the fullness of that creative power contained in a helpless newborn, limited by human flesh and frailty. 
this is madness. This is crazy. This is ridiculous. And, it, and also, like, he's not coming with a kind of great fanfare and flourish. He, he comes into, literally into dirt. And he comes into the kind of dependency. And he's completely and utterly dependent on broken human beings. On, you know, literally on a carpenter and his fiance, who is an insignificant teenage girl. You know, they're barely a back on humanity's landscape they're nobodies although obviously they're not nobodies but they're just <laughs> they're these kind of people and 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 he's born in in Bethlehem and this is like a nothing place this is kind of nowhere special just kind of just Bethlehem just little town of Bethlehem and he's not visited by royalty or by celebrity or nobility visited by worthless stinky shepherds who kind of are doing the job that nobody else really wants to do they were kind of considered the absolute lowest of the low and he's visited by stinky worthless shepherds and and also by a group of astrologers who have slightly suspect spirituality that we're kind of not really sure where where they're coming from but these are the people who are invited to come and visit and meet this incredible baby and this is how he chooses to come, and this is how he, he, he chooses to come. And, you know, the, the, the fact that he came at all is, is madness. And, but this is how he does it, and this is who he does it with. And I think sometimes we really forget the significance of all this. Um, and I think, you know, it, perhaps we become a little bit used to seeing it acted out with tea towels and tinsel. And it's, and it's cute. <laughs> it's super cute when it's your own kid, which we had the joy of last week when, you know, they're all dressed up. Ours was a sheep. And um, he loved being a sheep. And, um, and they sing their songs and it's cute and it's lovely and it's sweet. But you know what? This is, this is, this is crazy. You know, it's, it's so easy to miss the magnitude, isn't it? Um, I was reminded of something and I, was, I felt so old. Oh my gosh. Um, I was reminded a few years ago and I genuinely thought, oh, it was only about four or five years ago. Um, the BBC did like a, um, an adaptation and like a little mini series of the nativity story. And I remembered it and I thought that was quite good. When was that? And I looked it up on IMDb and it was 12 years ago. I was like, oh gosh, that's, that's old. And there's some of you here today who aren't even alive in 2010. Um, but anyway, this it was a fantastic adaptation I found a little bit on YouTube but they didn't have the whole thing which was disappointing but they basically they, they, they showed um, the, nat- the nativity story if anyone remembers seeing it um, and what I loved about it and this is the bit that just has stuck in my head you know when you're watching TV and they do like that bit of um, b-roll footage and the kind of they show you like an exterior shot to set the scene like oh we are now in this house we are now here and you see the outside before they go in and then show you kind of what's happening and you hit get the action and um and it's you know in this I remember this nativity obviously you get the the shot of the shepherds on the hillside and the you know the the, um, Bethlehem and all of that but then there were these moments that they did and it would like suddenly you'd cut and it would just be images of planets moving and stars, kind of galaxies shaping. And you have these kind of moments where the, 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 the planets are shifting. And, um, and then Mary is literally giving birth in a, in a stable. And, um, and there's this moment where you see that it zooms out and you see the planets moving and the star that's kind of sparked and it comes alive and then the light comes down and it floods kind of Mary and Joseph just as the, the baby is born and just as Jesus is born. And I full credit because <laughs> I remember seeing that and just being like, oh my gosh, that's the, that's the magnitude, that's the, that's the significance of this moment, this, the seismic significance of this moment that this baby is born, that God 
as a tiny baby is born, that the planets are shifting. And, and it's so momentous that God becomes flesh and makes his dwelling among us, coming into the world. The true light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world for all people, for all time. And it, and it says the light shines in the darkness. That's, just, that's such a beautiful phrase. The light shines in the darkness. It's so simple again, isn't it? It's so simple. And um, this is uh, verse 5. And I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm a bit of a word geek. And one of the things I love about this, this phrase, the light shines in the darkness, is it's like them grammar stuff the tense shifts and it basically becomes a tense that means um, it's a kind of the present tense but it's like a continual and and always so where it says the light shines in the darkness it's not talking about at that point when it was written it's talking about a continual ever shining light that cannot and will not ever go out the light continually shines in the darkness. Um, I read a beautiful comment on this today, and it said this. It said, note the present tense, and I did. Note the present tense. Indicating not merely that point in time, but that the light has gone forth continuously and without interruption from the beginning, from the very beginning until now, and is still shining and will always shine. The light shines in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness and it will always, always shine. And another verse that I love um, that we didn't hear read to us tonight, um, it's, it's from a, later on in the Bible, it's a, a letter that was written to the church, to the new Christians, after Jesus has, has born and lived and died and rose again. And it, and it says this, it says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts. Because the same God of creation who said at the very beginning, let there be light, the same spirit that was hovering over the waters and the same Jesus who made his dwelling among us, now chooses and seeks to live in our hearts and to place that light within us. And has made this light to shine in our hearts. And all of our hearts if we choose it, if we want it. And just as he chose Mary and Joseph and shepherds and magi. Who, you know, were a mixed up group of people. So he chooses us. And we may feel like they did. We may feel insignificant or confused or overwhelmed or overlooked. But still he chooses you. And he seeks to shine his light in your heart and through you to the world. And I don't know you and I don't know your story and I don't know how your year has been. But I do know that this world can feel quite dark at times. Can feel quite dark at times. And perhaps you've experienced that this year. Perhaps you're still experiencing that. Um, and you're still feeling that darkness and that, that kind of idea of emptiness and desolation and devastation and brokenness that feels really resonant for you maybe there's pain or loss or hardship uh, brokenness whatever this news has been if it has been one of bad news and hard times I know that it has for many of us and, and maybe even continue to be but I do believe even in the darkest most desolate of spaces the light still shines and he can bring light into those dark places 
and that true light, the true light of Jesus shines in our darkness, in our brokenness, in our desperation. If we're living with, with sorrow, with pain, with confusion, still he shines and he loves us and he chooses us. And I believe this is for us all. And I encourage you, if you're here tonight and you, you know, maybe you just thought you'd pop along and sing some carols, then you're so welcome. And we love that you're here. But if you don't know this Jesus, if this is kind of like, okay, well, I've not thought about it like that before. <laughs> you know, we'd love to share more about this light with you and this love with you. And I pray that you might dare to find out more. I pray that you might dare to kind of open your heart a little bit more. And if you've come with someone this evening, maybe have a chat with them about it or find one of us up here and talk to us. You know, we'd love to tell you more about this light and this love of Jesus. And perhaps you do know Jesus, but actually things are feeling very dark right now. Um, and I really pray and I hope that you will catch a glimpse of his light this evening in those dark spaces. And it does still shine. It will shine. It will shine. Again, I really encourage you to share with somebody. Um, let us pray with you. Let us stand with you in that space. And perhaps you do know this great light as your friend, as your saviour, but maybe you've just forgotten that that light is shining in your heart. Maybe at this time of year when things are crazy, it's easy to forget and it's easy to get sidetracked. But I want to encourage you and empower you that he who said, let there be light, sets his light in your heart and through you he will take his light into the world and you are now the light of the world and I encourage you just not just this Christmas not just for Christmas but, but in each day as you live you would be that light with those people around you so thank you I hope that um I hope that the Lord um is is kind of speaking to you. Um, I'm going to pray in a second as we close, and then we're going to sing um, one of my faves. I love lots of carols, but um, we're going to sing Hark the Herald. Um, and in the second verse, I just encourage you, there's a line that just, I was like, yes, that's so it, that's so it. Um, and it says, you know, hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness. And it says, light and life to all he brings. Light and life to all he brings. He is bringing light and offering you his light and his life. And I pray as we sing these carols, as we kind of come to a close and go and drink mulled wine and eat mince pies, have a great time. But do remember that light and do talk to someone. Let me pray and then Sue will lead us in the next carol. Oh, Lord Jesus, our great light, how we thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that you chose to limit yourself to human.